All right, church, if you would, turn in your Bibles tonight with me. We're going to have to look at a few verses before we get to the chapter we'll be studying tonight in the book of Genesis. So I'd like for you to start with me uh, in James chapter 2 and verse number 23. I sure was encouraged this morning to see my neighbors here in the services with us again today. I have been praying for Bob and Frida. Thank you for being so friendly and kind to them. And uh, I have uh, been praying for them and uh, just encouraged, just blessed. James chapter number 2 and uh, verse number 23. James chapter 2, verse number 23. We're going to be skipping and looking at several verses before we settle in in Genesis chapter number 18. If you look there in James chapter 2, verse 23, uh, the word of the Lord says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God... And it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. The friend of God. All right, go back now in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah and look in chapter number 41. Isaiah chapter number 41. And after you find the chapter, if you would, Isaiah chapter 41 And look with me, please, and verse number 8. Isaiah 41, verse 8. The word of the Lord says, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. How about that? All right, look in 2 Chronicles with me, if you would, in chapter number 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. You probably have an idea what might be there. Second Chronicles chapter number 20. And when you find that chapter, look with me in verse number 7. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse number 7. It's enough for me if it's only said once in the Word of God. And then when it is said twice, you need to really pay attention. But how about when it's in there three different places? Would you look in chapter number 20, verse number 7? He says, uh, this is Jehoshaphat's prayer, and he was aware of this fact. Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? Thy friend forever. Wow. Now look with me please now in Genesis chapter 18. And let's look at this chapter before we move on uh, into chapter 19. But because it changes gears in chapter 19. Uh, and I don't think anybody that celebrates Pride Month is going to enjoy me preaching out of Genesis chapter 19. Amen. But in Genesis chapter number 18, I want to show you here where Abraham is the friend of the, of God. The friend of God. And I want to show you how that uh, the, the marks of a of a healthy uh, relationship or a healthy friendship, a healthy friendship, and how there are certain things that that make this happen. You know, first of all, let me just say in Genesis eighteen verse number one. Again, to me, it's a wow verse in the Bible. It says, "And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent." 
door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. And then you'll notice in chapter 19, verse number 1, that two of these guys are specifically said to be angels. And verse chapter 19, verse 1, and there came two angels. Those are two of the guys that are leaving Abraham and going down to Sodom. And the other one is referred to as the Lord. The Lord. So, I want you to think with me. Use your good and holy imagination for just a little bit, if you would. Think about these three angels, one of them being the Lord, whether it be sometimes called the angel of the Lord. I'm not sure and wouldn't debate that with you. I just know that uh, it just says uh, the Lord, and he was talking to the Lord. So I'm going to use Bible terminology here. But I want you to think about this. Let's say that it is the Lord, meaning that it was a time when he visited the earth before uh, the cross, and here he is, and he's got a couple of angels here with him, and he says, guys, listen, we're going down to the earth. Okay, and they're up there in heaven or in another dimension, wherever that is, they're there. And, of course, I do believe heaven is up. I do believe it is there. I believe it's above us. Uh, I be- certainly believe that. But they're talking, and they said, you know, I'm going to go down, and we're going we're to visit my friend's house while we're down there. How about that? And so let's make a stop by there and talk to him just a little bit. All right, so let's look at this, okay? First of all, I'm going to give you seven things. I only usually give you three. I'm going to give you seven tonight, and it won't take me as long as it usually takes me to give you three. All right? So don't be fretting about it, all right? You don't. I mean, you are gracious. You came here. Some of you drove a long way to get here, and you came to hear a message from the Word of God. And some of you came a short distance to hear a message from the Word of God, and that's what we're going to do. All right, let's pray for just a moment. Lord, I pray that you'll bless me now and use me, minister through me, Lord. God, I don't want to do anything in my heart, and my mind, and my spirit that would cause you to resist me tonight. May the Word of God and the Spirit of God be able to flow through me and use me to help your children. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you agree with me that we do not have the opportunity to choose our relatives? <laughs> well, if we did, then we might shop at a different store, Amen. But we don't get to choose our relatives. We don't get to choose our race. And you say, well, Brother Roger's only one and I'm part of the human race. I understand that. I wouldn't argue with you about that. But when you fill out government papers and you fill out other things, they're going to ask you what race you are. What, you're just going to write human race on there? No, that's not what you're going to do. And so they're basically wanting to know, you know, what uh, color you are and things of that nature. So you don't get to choose what color you were when you were born or where you were born at. You don't get to choose those things. And you don't get to choose your gender, regardless of what the world has to say about that. You do not get to choose your gender. The Lord made you male or female, and you don't need to mess with that. Amen? So, These are some things that we do not choose, but we do get to choose our friends. We do get to choose 
our friends. And did you know that true friendships, true long-lasting friendships are forged by the providence of God? Your paths are going to cross with people and sometimes those people are going to stick to you like glue in your life. And they're going to be your friend probably for a lifetime. Somebody said that if you could die with five good friends, really close good friends, you have done well in your lifetime. I don't know how many friends that I have, but I I think I have more than five right now. I may lose them before I die, some of them. But you know, sometimes it has to do with how friendly that you are about how many friends you have. We'll talk about that in just a moment. You say, well, I'm lonely and I don't have any friends. The world's full of about, what, seven, seven eight billion people? You know, there you might have to just uh, change some of the things that you're doing to find a friend. But I think the providence of God will bring people across your path and maybe even some circumstances that happen in your life. And for some reason, man, you just... And it can be church-oriented. You know, and, and that God moves somebody into your life at the church or maybe at work or maybe at school and maybe just something else happens. But God has a way providentially of guiding some people across your path. I'm going to give you something real quick here. Seven. Number one. This, this uh, chapter here gives us some principles about real good friendship because Abraham was considered to be the friend of God. Abraham was considered to be the friend of God. Number one, friends know when to visit, how long to visit, and when to leave. Amen? So, so the Lord, He knew when to show up at Abraham's house. It was a time of when, it was a heat of the day, and Abraham was taking a break. He didn't really walk in on Abraham while Abraham was busy with his business. He kind of showed up in the middle of the day when he knew that he had some free time. You say, well, if the Lord showed up, he can do as he pleases. Yeah, but God's a gentleman. You might want to learn that. You don't impose on people. You don't assume anything. You don't assume, well, boy, they'll be glad to see me. It doesn't matter. I'll show up, I'll show up at 3 o'clock in the morning. They'll just be glad to see me. You might be surprised. You just might be surprised. Did you also know that the Bible says that you need to learn how to withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house lest he hate thee? You know what that means? It means that you don't visit too much and you don't overstay. Amen. Too much of a good thing will make you sick. Did you know that? And then the Lord uses honey as an illustration of that. That you ought to eat honey because it's good for you, but you only ought to eat as much as, as is sufficient for thee. And if you eat too much honey, you'll vomit it. Too much of a good thing will make you, make you sick. And you don't want to make people sick of you, do you? No, you don't. You say, Brother Roger, nobody would get sick of me, man. They want me there. Well, I think maybe you should uh, maybe readjust your idea of really how desired you are that much. But 
You need to understand that sometimes you can actually hurt a relationship and ruin a good relationship because you abuse it and you overuse it. You ought, you ought, to, you ought to leave soon enough to where the people would say, man, they didn't stay long enough. I sure hope they come back sometime soon. Amen. And so don't overstay. If, if they have to tell you, please turn the lights out, we're going on to bed, then probably you're staying over a little bit too long. Amen? So friends know when to visit, how long to visit, and when it's time to go. Number two, friends also know how to show themselves friendly to ever have a friend. Now, when he shows up, guess what Abraham does? Abraham immediately shows him some kindness. And Abraham immediately is willing to make a sacrifice show some hospitality, and be inconvenienced without murmuring about it. Amen? So if you are going to have a friend that comes by, you must learn to show some hospitality to those individuals. Did you know that it is required of a pastor that he be hospitable? Now, that just simply means that he's not inconvenienced uh, by people in his life. And you don't need to be completely inconvenienced by Now, there are some people that are going to do that. But we're talking about if you want to have some friends, you're going to have to learn how to show some kindness. And you're going to have to be willing to make a few sacrifices and even sometimes the best calf and go get it and cut it up and grill up some steaks. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't need to tell the wife, honey, they're coming over tonight and I really don't want to use them ribeyes. Would you get some of that bologna out and fry it up tonight? We'll make some bologna and cheese sandwiches. Now I like, I like bologna. And if you fix me bologna, I'd, I'd be, thank you, Lord, for the bologna. But you don't have to have the attitude that you are, you know, going to save that other stuff because we, we don't really want to put that on out there for, for our guests. But you need to show kindness, be willing to sacrifice, be hospitable, and most of all, willing to be inconvenienced. Number three, friends, true friends, know how to encourage us. That means you also need to learn how to encourage somebody else. Look at this. You know, most of the time we don't stop somebody's house, by somebody's house, so we say, oh boy, I'm going to stop by brother so-and-so's house because I know he'll discourage me if I go there. I'm sorry, man, that sarcasm, it leaks out of me sometimes. I'm, it just does. And, and if you come by my house, it'll leak out. I'm just telling you it will. But I want you to look here. Look in chapter 18, verse number 10. This, this, uh, these visitors are saying this. The Lord is telling him this. He said in verse 10, he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, this was a word of encouragement to Abraham because Abraham has been waiting for years. You know, when somebody is hoping for something, the Bible says, hope deferred maketh what? The heart sick. And when you have them over or they come by your house and you can offer them a word of encouragement, a word of encouragement, it sure makes a difference, and also that's what friends do. Did you know the Lord stopped by there to encourage him? 
Don't just stop by somebody's house to want something. Stop by somebody's house to give something. Don't stop by somebody's house to look for a blessing. Stop by somebody's house to be a blessing. And that is what the Lord did. He said, I'm going to encourage him and let him know I hadn't forgot about this. All right? And number four, friends know how to challenge us. You notice down in verse number 14. Now, when Sarah heard this, you know what she did. Do you remember what she did when she heard she was listening uh, through a, a hole in the door? Well, there wasn't a, you know what I mean. She was listening. And she heard them say, you know, she's going to have a child. What did she do? She laughed about it. Where did she laugh at? In her heart. And the Lord knew about it. And verse number 12 says, therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying, after I am waxed old, shall I pleasure, shall I have pleasure my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? I don't know how he would, if if she laughed in her heart, how would Abraham know what she did? Amen. But here's what it says, verse number 14. Friends know how to challenge us and reassure us of the power of God and the possibility of what God can do in their life. Man, I need a friend like that. You say, well, I'm, I'm a realist. I don't know that I could ever encourage you, but you know what? If you're a realist, then you, you ought to know it's a fact that God can do anything. Look at verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's a good question, isn't it? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Did God die? No, it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? And I'm just saying a good friend. These are friends. God's stopping by. God knows when to visit, how long to stay, and when to go. And he knows. And Abraham knew how to show himself friendly when he showed up. I think the Lord knew he'd be welcomed. Does your friend, does people that come by your house feel welcome? Do they know that they're welcome? Or when somebody shows up, do you look at them like, you don't say anything, but that look on that face is, what are you doing here? It's not, you don't say it, but you show it. And the Lord, or do you just kind of light up and say, hey, brother, good to see you. Friends, that just happens with friends. They're glad to see each other. So, and then friends know how to encourage us with a good word from the Lord. And also, the scripture says here that they know how to challenge us by reassuring us that yes, God is able to answer the prayer that's been burdening you for years. Every once in a while, I need to hear that from one of you. Every once in a while, you need to hear it from me personally. Some of you are carrying burdens and you've been carrying some burdens and issues for a few years. Every once in a while, you need somebody to come up beside you and mean it and say, God is still working. Don't give up. God is able. Don't give in. Here's what he says. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. Now, that's pretty awesome as far as I'm concerned. What a reassuring uh, word from the Lord about the power of God. Every once in a while, you need to remind me that the Lord's coming soon. 
Every once in a while, we need to remind each other that we will see our loved one on the other side. Every once in a while, we need to be reminded of what God has promised us in His Holy Word. Then you'll notice something else here. I, I, I call it uh, number five. It is that friends share the secrets of their hearts. You just can't share the secrets of your heart with very many people. Amen? You just can't. Now, if you are prone to sharing everything personal and private and secret to other people, it won't be long till it won't be private and secret anymore. But I want you to notice their conversation in verse number 16. How that they know each other and they agree on important things and what's right and what's wrong and how they have confidence in one another to do what is right. And it's interesting conversation here. The Bible says in verse number 16, And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abram went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? And so now the Lord is going to show Abraham something that he has not revealed to anyone else. And a good friend is not afraid to share with a good friend his plans, his thoughts, and what he plans to do. Have you got anybody like that in your life? That you can talk to one on one and say, here's what I'm, here's what I'm, listen, the Lord didn't say, here's what I'm thinking about doing. He said, here's what I'm going to do and I want you to know about it. I, I just want to talk to you about it. And here's what he said. And the Lord shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do and seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. So would you agree that the Lord has some confidence in Abraham? They have confidence in each other. God has confidence that Abraham will do what's right. Man, I sure want the Lord to have that feeling about me. Look what he says in verse 19. For I know him. How about that? You need to really know your friends. You're not going to have many. And the ones that you do have, you need to really know them. Look what he says. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they'll keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Boy, justice and judgment's a big deal. You know what? You need to have some high standards for your friends. You don't need to be so lonely. And that's what happens many times with a teenage boy and a teenage girl. They get lonely, and they'll gravitate to anybody that will show them some kindness or attention. That's why in, 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 in many places, especially in large cities, that gangs are so prevalent and powerful, they provide something that the family does not provide. And that's that camaraderie and that friendship and that commitment to each other. And that's why a youth can be drawn into that. You need to have a few, a little bit higher standards. You say, well, Brother Roger, I don't have many friends and I'm certainly not going to tell them what I believe and I'm not going to tell them where I stand on some of these things or they won't be my friend anymore. 
you need to be very careful about choosing your friends. It would be better for you to have spent some time in a lonely uh, season of your life than it would be for you to have a bad friend that's influencing you in your decisions. Look what he says. For I know him that he will command him. He says, I know that he'll do justice and judgment. So the people that are in your life, that are close to you, and that only may be one or two or three, but do they, really, are they honest and do they do justice and good judgment? I mean, do they have some sense about them? Do they want to do right? And that's what the Lord is saying here about Abraham. He said, listen, if we're going to be friends, you got to want to do what's right. Do you understand that statement? The Lord is saying to Abraham, if we're going to be friends... You've got to want to do what's right. Do you think that the Lord knew that he was talking to a man who wasn't perfect? That he wasn't looking at his perfection. He was looking at his direction. Abraham wanted to do the will of God. Now look what he says. And so he says that, uh, he said, going to let him know. He said that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken. So they have some confidence in each other. And you'll see that in just a moment. But also notice here, number six, about these friends that they respect one another's position, and yet they can reason with each other without falling out. Isn't it awesome that you're able to really be bluntly honest with someone, and, and we say brutally honest, sometimes that's the wrong word to use, but, but you ought to be able to lay all your cards on the table and have a conversation without, without falling apart. You ought to be able to, if both of you want to do what's right. If both of you are interested in doing the will of God, you ought to be able to share your heart with each other and say, well, here's what, here's what I think. All right. Now listen, God's not asking Abraham for a counsel and advice here. He's just going to tell him what he's going to do. And you know what? Abraham sees what he's about to do and Abraham doesn't agree with what he's about to do. He just, so he's going to reason with him and talk to him and ask him if he would change his mind about some of this and see if he would spare that city if he could get him down to a certain number. So you're having two friends talking this thing out. God's not going to change his mind unless he can find ten people. He's, he's willing to do that. You know, if you're going to have a friendship, you've got to have, you've got to be willing to reason some things out with each other. You can't just be demanding one direction all the time. Well, you're not going to have any friends like that if it's always got to be your way or the highway. Genesis, Genesis chapter number 18. Look with me, please, here. Y'all still with me, I hope. All right, now look here now with me. Look at how that they respect one another's position and yet can reason one with another. Okay? Now, the Lord's already told these other guys that what's going on in Sodom is grievous to him. And he says that we're fixing to go in that direction. And so verse 22 says, And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abram stood yet before the Lord. Now, listen at this conversation and look at it from two friends talking with each other. Respectfully, within reason, being honest, and yet not offending, one not offending the other. And one not departing from the other because he didn't get what he wanted. Look what he says. And Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? You know, a real friend will ask you some probing questions. Hmm, Lord. Verse 24. Peradventure, 
there be fifty righteous within the city, wilt thou also destroy also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? But I really like verse twenty five. I really love this question. He he probes the Lord. It says that be far from thee to do after this manner. Do you think Abraham has confidence in the Lord? He said, that's not how you are. And when sometimes your friend's talking to you, they'll look you right out in the eyeball and say, listen, that's, that's not, that's not you. That's not you. And he says in verse 25, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Then he asked him another probing question. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Now the Lord could have just reached out there and grabbed him by the neck and said, man, who in the world do you think you're talking to? But he didn't. And good friends don't do that. Good friends allow other friends to be honest and open with them. And that's what he's doing. You ever been in a cab of a truck going down the road talking to your friend? And y'all are talking about serious matters. You ought to have somebody that you can ride down the road with or sit across a table and drink a cup of coffee with and say, Hey, brother, let's talk about something. I really want to open my heart up to you. I'm going to, and listen, every time you open your heart up, you're exposing yourself. You become vulnerable. Don't you? We don't like being vulnerable, do we? Okay, and so the scripture says this, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So they're having a conversation here. They're being honest. They're reasoning some things out with each other. And notice he says, and the Lord said, okay, if I find in Sodom 50, I'll spare it. Look at verse 27. And Abraham answered and said, behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. You say, well, I'm not going to say that to my friend. But here's the attitude. The attitude is, is that the Lord is in a position of leverage here to do something. And Abraham is not demanding. Abraham is humbling himself and said, would you think about this? And I realize that you're in a position to do whatever you want to do, but would you consider this? And so there's an attitude of humility here with Abraham. And verse 28 says, peradventure, if there be... Like 50 of the, of the 50, five of the 50 righteous will you destroy it? And he said, okay, I'll let it go for 45. So this goes on and on and on in their conversation. And he's getting them down. And listen, look at verse 30. He said, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. I don't think that a, a good friend on purpose provokes his other friend to anger. And I think that if he senses that he's maybe asking a little bit too much, then I think you have to be gentle in your request uh, to your friend. But verse number 31, they go down to 20. And he said in verse number 32, he said again, he said, O Lord, he said, O let not the Lord be angry, for I will speak yet but this once. And so don't you think maybe that he knew that he had reached his limit in his conversation with the Lord as far as, maybe he didn't, but he stopped and he, he said, look, you know, I think I've, I think I got this where I want it. He said, I will speak yet but this once peradventure, ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. Now listen, we're talking about thousands of people. And God said, if you can find fifty. And Abraham, Abraham wasn't satisfied with that. Got him down to ten. 
Lot, uh, he stopped at 10 because he's thinking, surely, Lot, his wife, his daughters, his son-in-laws, that'll make up for 10. and God will spare it. And it's not because Abraham was concerned about Solomon and Gomorrah being destroyed. He was concerned about his nephew, Lot. You think the Lord knew that? Oh, yeah. My nation's word is talking about friendship here. And the Bible says in verse 33, And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. Number seven is, is that friends love each other at all times, because in verse number 33, they are not in each other's presence. They go their separate ways. And you'll find that Abraham's desire to see Sodom spared was not granted. But his desire for Lot to be spared was. And so you're seeing here how that friends will love each other at all times, even if you don't get your way about some things. And you know, really, you know what? I think the strength of a relationship with a person, with another, two men being friends, I think the real test of that relationship is when it might be strained and you don't agree on something. Or at least you don't, one of you do, do not get your heart's desire in a situation. And maybe you're disappointed. But I will say that the reason why Lot's hide was saved out of Sodom and Gomorrah is because God, the Bible says, remembered Abraham. It doesn't say he remembered Lot. It says he remembered Abraham. And your friend is not going to forget you and your burden and your true desire when it's an unselfish desire to try to help somebody else. So I want to encourage you tonight that uh, because a little bit later on, in chapter number 19, Abraham's going to look across the horizon. He's going to see smoke rising up from the, on the, on the horizon. He knows that God has judged that city. And listen, Lot couldn't pick up a cell phone and say, Hey, don't worry about it. I'm safe. Everything's good. He couldn't do that. As far as he knew, Lot was in that crowd. But the Lord had spared him and they found out later. But I want you to know that friends that love each other at all times, even sometimes when we feel like that we've been disappointed in the outcome of something. I hope and pray that you've got a good friend. I hope and pray that, love. you know, the Bible says that love can cover a multitude of sins. Love can cover a multitude of faults. Did you know that? Did you know the Bible says a friend loveth at all times? And that means even if you are broke or prospering, it's not based upon that. Your friendship goes deeper than that. So I'm telling you tonight that if you want to have a friend, you need to be a friend. You need to be a friend. You need to be good. It it needs to be good for, for you to be in somebody else's life. Did you hear what I said? Is it good for you 
to be in somebody else's life? Are you taking them away from God? Are you causing them to doubt God? Are you causing them to begin to miss church? Are you causing them to wonder some things about the Bible? Then you're not a good friend. You are unhealthy friend. That's all I want to encourage you. If you want to have friends, be a friend. Be good for somebody to have you in their life. Somebody that will show themselves friendly. And somebody that knows how to encourage someone and yet challenge someone. Don't just be a yes person in somebody's life. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. Did you get all seven? Didn't I tell you I could give you seven things quicker than I can give you three? <laughs> I, I see what some of y'all are saying in your mind. I can read it. Well, look, Brother Rod, you need to give us seven things every service. Friends know when to visit, how long, and when to go. Friends must show themselves friendly to ever have a friend, kindness, sacrifice, hospitality, being inconvenienced. Friends know how to encourage. Friends know how to challenge. Friends share the secrets of their hearts. And friends respect one another's position and can reason with one another without falling apart. And friends can love each other at all times, even in times of disappointment. That's seven things. Now, I do want to say to you that um, concerning your friendship, and respecting one another's position, I think that Paul and uh, Barnabas, it was Paul and Barnabas that fell out. Is that correct? I think that that did not have to happen in that situation. But it did happen. And sometimes even partners sometimes do fall apart. And you know what? You know when friendships break, they're hard to be put back together. Did you know that? And that's why you need to be very careful in choosing your friends, but don't be so careful to the point that you live a very lonely life. And you say, Brother Roger, I like being alone. The Bible says that it's not good for a man to be alone. You say, Brother Roger, that's about a man marrying a woman. I understand that. But I knew also the book of Ecclesiastes says that two are better than one. And that you do need, don't be so prideful that you are so isolated from people that you don't have anybody in your life that you could call tonight and say, Brother, I need to talk to you a minute. Or show up at their house and know that you'd be welcome. Amen? One of the ways you can start is by being friendly. And if you want to have a friend. And listen, God's going to bring some people in your life. Don't chase them all away. Somebody that'll be good for you. You say, well, yeah, but there are just some things. I like Brother so-and-so, but there's just some things about him I don't like. And I want my friend to be something. I want to like everything about him. Well, I got news for you. And I've told you this before and I'll tell you again. There's some things about you that people don't like either. I know that's a shock to your system. But there's some things about you that agitate and aggravate people. 
And yet, you know what? There are some people that can look past that and love you and choose to be your friend. Amen? Choose to be. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray tonight that our people would receive the Word of God. And Lord, what a blessing it would be if you were not just our Father, but also our friend. What a friend we truly do have in Jesus. And Jesus, I remember you said to your men, dear Lord, that no longer would you call them servants, but that you would call them friends. And you let them in on some things that you were going to be doing. And you stuck with them even though they disappointed you. And Father, I thank you for doing the same in my heart and my life. I love you. Thank you, Lord, for some good men. And thank you for some good friends. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.